You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The bottom of the hour are big bets brought to you by Sports Select, where Maddie continues to give us the beatdown. Uh, I think I had my first sub-500 week I might in the get, playoffs. I might get the help of intern Noah. Oh, who has absolutely no idea about the NFL. Who earlier this week told us Yankees, Flames, and that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't know who Sauce Gardner was yesterday. Good player. Yeah, like he has no idea about the NFL, so it's probably best that I use ask him about the tiebreaker on some things I like. Yeah, sure, I like I'll that. Get him just to, to well, GVP is not here. And yeah, how did you guys do with GVP last? Well, week? How did we do last week? Hmm. Let me check here. Where, yeah. where are all my papers here? Let's see. Let's see here. I know Not I good. won last week, I'm pretty sure. I had the four and two oh, last course. week. Oh, look at you. Of course you remember that, hey? Uh, well, yeah, because I need it because you cannot win another game the rest of the way. That's, oh. that's the only way I can get this thing. No pressure, Matty. Oh, I only have be to... a great collapse, though, if you don't? If I don't win this thing? Wouldn't that be, un- wouldn't it, that be unbelievable? You both it would... would be pretty jarring. Yeah, <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> Both went two and four last week. Okay, there you go. Uh, by the way, we're live wow. from Doug Lacey's uh, Basement Systems downtown studio. Impressive. Uh, we'll also throw the text topic soon that I saw last night at the game. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. and I were down there. Yeah. But right now. Some beauties in the crowd yesterday. Uh, from NHL Daily Faceoff, our Sportsnet 960 NHL insider Frank Servali, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler with inventory shortages across the city. It's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank, good morning. How are you? Good morning, boys. I don't know if you guys looked to the sky last night uh, after leaving the Dome, but I, I think I saw the Jacob Peltier bat signal up there. Oh, really? Wow. And, uh, like that's I, I was talking about it this morning, uh, Frank. I know like a lot of fans harp on, oh, you got to change out the sixth defense or give Jacob Peltier a chance. But, Frank, they were just caved in in that first period last night by the Avalanche, completely dominated. And and I keep talking about this team needs to acquire some high-end skill here. Who are some of the players potentially they can go out there and get? What are some of these price tags? The name Travis Konechny has been floating around, and that's somebody you know very well being in Philadelphia. Who are some of potentially the players the Flames could add? Obviously, with the salary cap, it's super difficult right now. But this team needs high-end skill now, Frank, to be a playoff team. Or add at least. Okay, so so let me push back against your notion because okay. I think they have high end skill. I think they need some speed. Okay. I think that's one of the things watching the Flames night in and night out that I think you notice is they just, especially against a team like the Avs, they get their doors blown off at, at varying stretches and are, are you mentioned you know caved in at times. Well, it's because they can't get away and can't get out of their own end. Um, so I think that's certainly part of it. Um, I don't look at this team and say that they're in a you know deep need for skill. Um, and who are some of the guys they can go out and chase? Well, I can tell you, for one, you brought up Travis Konechny. He's not going anywhere. A number of teams have inquired over the last number of weeks, uh, Konechny having his best career season. And the Flyers, I'm told, aren't willing to move him. So uh, you'd have to go to the next guy on your list, but you know the search for what the Flames have been after—a scoring winger—and I added with speed in our 
team objectives in the story I wrote last week, um, the search continues. And, and you know what? Um, you have a guy who has skill that's been on the roster for 12 days that the coach, even after middling stretches of play by the entire team, for whatever reason, is resistant in putting him in the lineup. And now we kind of look here. Like, do you think that Jacob Pelche gets into the lineup sooner rather than later? The guy that you kind of mentioned off the top there. Why wouldn't he? Like, mm. if a if a four one loss to the Avs, you know, doesn't open up the door, what I mean, what will? To me, this is a battle of wills between management and the head coach, and I think. You know, if you were to inject some truth serum into Brad Tree Living, he's banging his head against the wall, trying to understand why, you know, whether you first look at Matthew Phillips and the way that he essentially wasn't deployed, and then now Jacob Peltier sitting here for the last 12 days without any action, you know, what what are we doing here? Like, these are – Phillips is north of a point-per-game player, one of the top scorers in the entire league. Peltier, also north of a point-per-game player. Like, why wouldn't you see what you have? I saw a stat yesterday. The Flames are the only team in the NHL not to dress a player this season under the age of 22. Like, what year is it? It's 2023. Like, why is there such a resistance from the coaching staff? Yeah, but but Frank, isn't that more? And again, to me, it feels like a bit of an arbitrary number, and here's why. A lot of teams are forced to dress younger players because of the salary cap. I'm sure if he asked a lot of teams out there, if there wasn't a salary cap, there'd be a, there'd be probably more teams that haven't dressed players under 22. I couldn't disagree with you more. Like I couldn't disagree with you more because the reason why they're playing these guys are they're not playing necessarily because of their contract. They're also making an impact. Guys on entry level deals are absolutely critical for team success in the NHL salary cap era. So we've seen young players come into this league and contribute at an earlier age than ever before and do it in a more consistent manner. 22 is, is a long way off, like from your draft. Like it's not like you're asking a player to step in at 18. These are guys that should be able and ready and close to contributing. But again, these teams need to have these players contribute because there isn't any wiggle room. That's the point I'm trying to make. Pick a team Pick a team that you want to go through that has every team that's won the Stanley Cup, and I'd have to go back and double-check the stat, has had at least one player on their roster that's contributing in a big way in entry level. You mean to tell sure. me that when the Lightning win the Cup, Anthony Sorelli's only playing because he's on his entry-level deal? No, but I Come would on. also say that every single Stanley Cup winner in the past pick whatever in the last 25 years has an impact number one defenseman, and that's the biggest ingredient. Oh well, that that's fair and a totally yeah. different. No, but I'm just saying, yeah, that's from fine. What we were just talking about that's fine, that's great. But like again, I agree with you. Yeah, you need young players and you need whatever. But I'm just saying, like that stat to me doesn't hold as much water because of where we are right now in the league. That's all I'm saying. But you're right; things are changing because guys are hitting their used to hit their primes in their mid twenties. Now they're not doing that anymore in the NHL. Guys are expected to be impact right out of the gate, but I'm just saying we're seeing a lot more younger guys placed in these bigger roles because the salary cap is just so suffocating to a lot of these teams. That's all I'm trying to say. I, and I, I get your point, but they're not there out of charity is what I'm saying. They're there because they're actually good. Mm-hmm. And the Flames have drafted and then now developed these players. 
and you bring him to the NHL and the coach is defiant in saying, I'm not using him. That's quite clearly the message. You mean to tell me that there's not one player on this team in the last middling stretch of games that you could have subbed out to give any of these kids a chance? Who do you think is here longer term? Sutter or Tree Living? It's a good question because, you know, when I hear the comments and I read through and in between the lines of what Daryl Sutter says, it it just it sounds to me like someone that wants to be GM again. It sounds to me like someone who wants to have the ultimate authority and control as he did however many years ago, 15 years ago. So can you I don't even know do where that now heading? in today's NHL though, Frank, honestly, I, I don't think you can. I really don't. I think it's too, I think being a coach, the hours you put in too demanding of a job. And, and frankly, I think to cede power and, and authority to one person, I think is really dangerous. I think you need a multitude of voices, opinions. You can't have a bunch of people nodding their heads and yes, men. Uh, you can't have someone that's going to act as a tyrant. It, it's, I don't think it works. Well, and the effect that that has on the players, like you, sometimes it's good to be able to hear a little bit of a different message from the coach and the general manager if it's all the same. And we know how Daryl can can be with his players sometimes. Like I, I just don't know how how that would continue to grow. Like you're looking at guys who are just getting into town. I think of a Huberto and a Weger, guys like that that you're trying to to grow and and grow a relationship with because they're signed here long term. Daryl signed here for a few more years. I just. I question some of the relationships, I guess, between player and coach and maybe coach GM. Like It feels like something that could just be a, a, a cavalcade of problems after this. Well, I think that's fair. And to be totally honest, like you, there's no secret to you guys. There has been a ton of friction between players and Daryl Sutter this year, a ton mm-hmm. uh, at varying points in this season. And so to have that outlet to be able to talk to management, I think has been huge. Um, and if that didn't exist, I, I don't know how it would go. I really don't. How much better is this team would be though, Frank, if they had another coach behind the bench and who would that guy be? Cause everyone's saying Daryl Sutter. I like That's the thing too. The guy just literally won coach of the year and you can say what you will about an NHL award sometimes, but nobody was complaining about Daryl Sutter last year as much when the team was playing well above expectation and a lot of fans had a lot of hope in this city, but who's a better coach right now than Daryl Sutter for this team? Like who's out there? I don't, it's not, well, it's not Mike see, Babcock. I don't know that there is. Like it's not no, Mike Babcock. And, and, Joe Quenville's toxic. You can't have him behind the bench. Like everybody's saying fire Daryl Sutter, but where's the better alternative? Like that's what I'm trying I, to I figure out. I don't know out. that there's one readily presented, and I'm not. That's not what I was advocating for in any way. I never, I never um, said you did, but I'm just saying the fans yeah. keep saying fire Sutter, fire Sutter. Okay, well then who are you bringing in? Like Kirk Muller can he, do it. I, I I don't think so. Like he didn't have success when he was a head coach. Here's the thing. Um, I think, and I'd be real curious to ask the question if I got the opportunity and was in Calgary. Daryl Sutter downplayed the idea of the Jack Adams last year and, and was consistently, anytime he was asked about it, said, I only care about team success. And I don't doubt that for one second. But I wonder what winning that award last year, coupled with all the changes to the roster this year, did to his mindset heading into this year. That it was almost like from opening night 
from the beginning of training camp, this team needed to be exactly at the same level that they were last year when they had a completely different roster. And I think that just watching from afar, it set the wrong tone. Mm. It set uh, you know, a tone that needed to be with all the changes a little bit more forgiving, a little bit more uh, open to, you know, look, there's going to be hiccups here. This is not going to be seamless. This is a totally different team. And that I don't know that that same runway was allowed for, given, you know, I think the, the pressure that Daryl Sutter probably put on himself to say we need to get back to that level at the snap of a finger. And it's not going to happen. And so I think that's been a huge contributor to how this season has unfolded for the Flames because basically since opening night, the, the Flames have had a size 12, you know, uh, up their arses from behind the bench mm. to try and get there. And I think the heat was on them right from the beginning. And I don't think that that was the proper way to approach it. Frank Saravalli uh, joining us here from uh, Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Does that speak volumes, though, Frank, that the GM doesn't have a contract extension? And as, and as the days go by here, is his future tied to what this team does in the playoffs or make the playoffs? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I would think that given just the success of last year, the the multitude of changes heading into this year that everyone assumed that the playoffs were just sort of the lowest bar set, the money spent um, that that was sort of, you know, you got like, you got to be a, not just a playoff team, but you got to be more than that. And I don't know what those expectations were internally from ownership and from, um, basically the the group that runs the team but you know to me that would that would seem to be the low bar to clear would be getting in based on the expectations this year even with the changes um and so what does that mean moving forward i i don't know like uh, you, why doesn't brad tree living have a contract for next season i don't know the answer to that mm-hmm. uh frank want to step away from the flames for just a moment ask you about a couple of the other teams in western canada uh the Oilers had maybe inquired about Eric Carlson. There was a report about that earlier. Though, do you think that there's any uh, legs to uh, perhaps a, a Pacific Division deal that could see Eric Carlson coming north? I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've done their due diligence on a number of defensemen that they've called on in the last few weeks, whether it was Jacob Chikrin or Eric Carlson. Pretty much think of any defenseman that's been on the market that you've heard his name, Joel Edmondson in Montreal. They've checked in on all of those to get prices. Um, that ask of three first-round picks uh, and the Sharks being willing to retain uh, 18% on Carlson's salary, bumping it down to somewhere around $9.4 million. That, I, I think the Oilers took that back and were like, what? What was that? <laughs> three first-round picks? Or, uh, what, did the phone crack up there? Like, what, what, How did that work out again? And so I think they were kind of like, yeah, like that is just, it's not even close to what we'd consider in terms of a deal to take on that type of contract, given, um, you know, the contracts they already have on the books that I think one of the biggest issues for the Oilers is balancing out, you know, their high priced guys and, and the rest of their salary cap. 
and adding one more in just makes no sense, especially at the age of 32. So um, he's not on their priority list, or if he is, he's certainly not high up. Uh, Sticking on the Sharks, what's the price tag you think for Timo Meyer? It's it's expensive, Uh, and and you know it's a really interesting thing to look at. I, I reported earlier in the week that the New York Rangers have set their sights on Timo Meyer. And, man, that just makes a lot of sense. There's been lots of talk about the Rangers and Patrick Kane uh, being a fit there. But just from an age perspective, from a style of play perspective, yes, Kane, of course, has the chemistry with Artemi Panarin, and we still don't know what's going to happen with Kane. But Timo Meyer, oof, at the age of 26, sliding into that team with the young pieces that they have, with the goaltender they have, uh, the high-end skill, it, it feels like a perfect fit and a perfect match. And the question is, what's the acquisition cost? I think part of it is going to be determined by and limited in some ways by the contract that Timo Meyer is going to have to sign on the other side of it. He's a pending RFA, but you guys know in Calgary how that works with Matthew Kachuk <laughs> with a high qualifying offer. The guy essentially becomes a free agent if you're not willing to pay him a number that starts with a 10. And so in this case, does he negotiate for less than that? It's possible um, that in a longer-term deal, he's willing to take a number below that. But if he wanted to force his way out on the other side of a trade, that's well within his rights if a team isn't willing to pony up and offer a one-year $10 million deal. So how does that impact the acquisition cost? I think you can look at the framework of Alex Debrinkit and the year and trade that he had last year from the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, His qualifying offer is $9 million, something that Ottawa is still wrestling with. He doesn't have a deal for next season, and he's a guy that could potentially, because of that, be on the move again at this trade deadline, even though he's been a point-per-game player. So um, there's a lot that goes into trading for Timo Meyer from a pure dollars and cents standpoint outside of the acquisition cost, which I'd imagine to bring it, what was that, a first, second, and third? Mm -hmm. Um, It would be... I think in the, in this case, it would probably be a bit south of that, but we'll see. Frank wanted to ask and you... south of that because, just, just to clarify, yep. south of that because the, the number one overall pick for Debrinkit was number seven overall. You'd be mm. thinking a first-round pick they get in return is going to be way later in the 20s. Mm. Frank wanted to ask you about the Vancouver Canucks. Quite a week. Uh, Jim Rutherford had a banger of a press conference. Uh, there's all sorts of discussion about Bo Horvat and where he's going now. Not uh, not if, more as a matter of when. And then, of course, you just had a little bit of a story there on Andre Kuzmenko and what uh, one of the bright spots the Canucks sees and what his future might be. Can you just give us a little bit of an update on what's going on out in Vancouver? Yeah, it's... Um... Where to start? I mean, what a mess it's been. Um, whether it was Bruce Boudreau and the spot that he's in as they continue to interview and talk to other potential candidates. Wild. Um, you mentioned Horvat, and I, I've been saying for months that this is a matter of when and where, not if. Um, they just, especially, essentially publicly doubling down and saying, hey, we've made our best offer. We're not paying a premium for the magical contract year that Bo Horvat has had. And so we've, you know, we've based it on the previous years. And so he's essentially saying out loud to everyone listening, we don't think Bo Horvat can duplicate or replicate this season that he's having. And maybe he can't. 
uh, on pace for 60 goals and 40 even strength goals, it's going to be tough to do. But he's getting a bag either way. And uh, where that is, you know, I think those those talks had already picked up at the start of the new year. Uh, certainly some more calls. The team that I've been mentioning that I just think is the perfect fit that I know has expressed interest before in Bo Horvat is the Boston Bruins. To pass the torch from Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci down to Bo Horvat and have him there for the long term after this year where this team just doesn't lose, to me, he stands out as uh, as someone that the Bruins should be targeting, and, and I have no doubt will. Um, Frank, I'm sure people in Buffalo, there, there's a lot of optimism there with some of the players they have, but what what are they mm-hmm. going to be here at the deadline here, buyers or sellers? Because I'm sure in Buffalo they're just yearning for that team to be a buyer here at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they are, but I don't know that that's going to become a reality. Um, just from a points perspective, from the teams you need to hurdle in order to get in, and really I take – the view of the deadline from the same view that Kevin Adams, their GM had this past summer, as everyone was going nuts around them in their division, the summer of Pierre Dorian, we, it's all we kept hearing about uh, from an Ottawa perspective. How's that worked out? Um, and, and then the Detroit Red Wings and all the moves that they made signing Andrew Kopp. Uh, Steve Eisenman has waived more than $8 million in salary in the last 10 days. So they're a team that went out and went crazy in the summer and it hasn't gotten them any further. In fact, Buffalo is ahead of both those teams in Ottawa and Detroit in the standings. And I think in some ways that's fulfilling for the, for the Sabres because they know that they weren't going to be trading for anyone or signing anyone last summer that was going to get in the way of their young players developing. And I'd expect that same thing to be true now, unless they find someone that's available on the market that they think is better than what they have and is going to be there for the long term, they're not giving up any young assets to make it happen. So I'd, I'd expect them to be pretty quiet and just continue to play on with what they have. And then if the time comes this summer that they feel like they can improve their team, then maybe we'll see that. But I think they like the trajectory that they're on. Um, when do the Habs really start stripping things down here, Frank? Soon, I mean, look, the thing with the Habs is a lot of their contracts are going to prevent them from totally tearing it down. And I think when you look at Vancouver, they're going to face some of the same concerns as they, I think that's probably part of the reason why it's it's both contracts that are in the way and also some of the, the younger talent that they do have with Hughes and Pedersen and Demko that they don't think they're ever really going to bottom out. And, and I think, for Montreal, who's had an incredibly tough season um, of late with regard to injury, but just was a team that wasn't constituted to be anywhere near a playoff team this year uh, with the way that they structured their defense and probably even in net, um, I don't think they can actually bottom out Mm. in terms of of getting there. Uh, Josh Anderson would be a really impressive trade piece if they wanted to go down that route. They've resisted the urge at every point to do that. Um, you know, I, I think get it, moving a contract like Brendan Gallagher with all that term remaining four years after this one at six five is going to be difficult. Um, they've got a few guys that are kind of just in the way, and it gets a little bit easier after this season when you see someone like Paul Byron come off the books, for instance. But 
you know, they've got some work to do, but they've got some nice pieces at the deadline if they can get them healthy. Sean Monahan, I think, would be one that a team could slide into a, a third-line center role for a playoff run who looked pretty good this season. Um, you know, some of these other guys, maybe Edmondson on their back end that we already talked about. Um, I don't know what the interest level is like for Drew Ann or Dadnoff, but I'd imagine that those guys will be on the move as well. So Montreal, is they've got some pieces to move. Frank, uh, I want to ask you about the Blues as well. Uh, winners of three of their last five. There's still a handful of points out of a playoff spot. Do you think that changes anything as far as Ryan O'Reilly being available uh, via trade? Well, I think when you're to look at the Blues and if you were to say which one is more likely to be traded in Tarasenko or O'Reilly, I think given that they've hung around in the race and, and actually in an odd way played better, uh, when those two guys first went out of the lineup, mm-hmm. that it, it would lend me to answer that Tarasenko is the more likely to go. O'Reilly's still just the heartbeat of that team, and not just as captain, but really as the way that he plays. Um, he's struggled this season, hasn't quite been himself. Um, I think when you look back in Doug Armstrong's playbook, that he generally has been one to move on from players uh, that are pending UFAs in a year where his team just doesn't quite have it. And so I think there's a real good chance that both end up going um, because I don't think anyone's looking at St. Louis as currently constituted and saying, hey, this is a team that's really going to do some damage. And they've got a lot of work to do in order to get in. They've been mercurial this season, to say the least. Um, so I, I think there's a good chance. But if you had to pick an order, I'd say, uh, Tarasenko moves first. He also holds the cards, by the way, with a full no trade clause. And then O'Reilly. Frank Saravalli, NHL insider for Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. Frank, fun conversation. Thanks for this, pal. We'll talk next week. Have a good one, guys. Uh, there he is, Frank Saravalli, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. That was fun. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. A lot to get to. I am I love this time of the year. Oh yeah. Between the NFL postseason, the borderline preposterous hype built up around the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh the you can you can kind of start to smell the Blue Jays starting to get ready Pitchers for some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're getting closer to that. And then um Golf is back. Yeah. Aussie Open's on the go. Like, this is an, another little sweet spot in the calendar for sports. Like, early October is always fun, too. Now, uh, I know we, we touched on a lot of topics there, but uh, just wanted to ask you here, too. The fans are upset with the head coach, mm-hmm. and even Frank said it. But yeah. I asked Frank, like, oh, what would be the alternative? And frankly, I don't even think that that's a relevant question. Like because I, I understand what happen. you mean. No, no, no. But I mean, like everyone's saying, yeah, Sutter, Sutter, Sutter. He's the problem. No chance. But who are you getting? I don't know who you're getting, and I think it's always important to remember Daryl's relationship within this team, right? Within the ownership, how we got to this point. I think is important to remember. I think it's important to remember the extension in the off season. Like, I see people who are upset with how the team plays and all that type of stuff, and if you want to be upset, that's fine, but calling for him to get fired, I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah. I, I don't think that's something that, 
I don't think that's something that is really an option for Brad Tree Living. Uh, if he wanted to. Right. Uh, we still got uh, lots to do straight ahead. Um, Brody on the beat. Uh, oh, yeah. The best segment in Canadian radio is straight ahead. Without a doubt. There's no question. Apparently there's a video content too. Yeah, wow. Like this multitasking. Unbelievable. Um, our big bets brought to you by Sports Select straight ahead. We'll talk about uh, the divisional round of the National Football League playoffs, which many consider the best weekend of the year. Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet at the top of the hour covers the Calgary Flames. Ross Tucker at 8.30. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, coming to you live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, top of the hour. Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet. Talk about that Flames 4-1 loss to the Avalanche last night. Look ahead to Tampa Bay Lightning in town on Saturday. It's Hockey Day in Canada, though. Hockey Day. Yeah. Wall-to-wall, baby. Lots of hockey on Saturday. And uh, football playoffs, the divisional round. Ross Tucker from a myriad of things will join us at 830, including myfrontpage.com. Pick your favorite. Yeah. Valentine's Day is coming up. It is. Where you should probably take your significant other to Ruth Chris, and we'll do that at the break. But right now, uh, NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Um, Sports Select has more sports leagues, and for a limited time, better odds on over-under and point spread. Build your ticket at sportselect.com. Spread. What a spread. Before they spread. Spread your legs. Spread your legs. Spread it around. Spread your wings. Spread it back. How many times is Kristen Wig in that spread thing? Like <laughs> three times? I think just once. There's Sloth from the Goonies for sure. There is uh, the gentleman from Hot Fuzz. Uh, what's his name? Nick Frost? The, the Simon British Pegg? Dude, Simon Pegg. Okay. He's the one who says, uh, the spread. Oh, what a spread. Mm-hmm. It's because English, they don't say buffet. They say spread. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mentioned uh, Sloth from the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Spread around. Yep. Um, there's a there's an ad in there uh, from a Manitoba radio station about <laughs> your cracks spreading. Really? Yeah. Which probably should take it open. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. Lots uh, of stuff in there. Uh, what producer Patrick Dumas in studio with us right now talking mm. about the divisional round. What many consider the best round, the best weekend of football for the entire year. Usually how it goes. Um, what do we got record-wise? Uh, well, we got Maddie leading the way at 48 and 36. That's a, that's stellar. One win will clinch him the title. So he just needs to go one and three, and he will be the champ. Uh, I'm 42 and 42. Uh, George is 31 and 53. Jesus. I'm that bad, eh? Not good. You're, uh, yeah, I told you. 20 I, games below, more than 20 games below 500. I told you I. you should fade me the entire year. <laughs> it hasn't been great. No. It's, nope. It I've been, been terrible. Good. It's, this has been almost like a, a, a nice uh, study case, whatever you want to call it, in, in gambling, because you do, like, Heaps of work on these games every weekend. Yeah, but I like and when I, I do like, our picks. I don't. It. I don't jump into my research mm. the weekend. Yeah, very fair. Like I, I, I made Maddie some money on Saturday night. Yeah, I, he I had, said I he go had done be his all, research. I go be all over Gerald Everett. The Jags are dead last DVOA against the tight end. Mm-hmm. 
Like, there's no Mike Williams. There'll be an increased target share for mm-hmm. Gerald Everett. Made some money, tens Dude, of dollars. It was great because I, I took him to hit 75 yards receiving mm-hmm. as a prop before the game started. And then he had, like, two catches for 15 yards. I'm like, okay, what's his receiving prop at? It was 29 and a half yards. I was like, are you joking? <laughs> Slam that, like, four <laughs> units down, and ended up walking away with a big bag of money. There you there go. go. All right, let's dive into the games. Uh, the first game, the Jags at the Chiefs. KC minus nine, the total 52 and a half. Are we only picking four games? There's only four games. Okay, but we could have picked six things. I guess we could have picked six We could have, like, four. We should have probably talked about this instead yeah. of, like, right on the radio That's right what now. I was thinking, like... We could have picked four spreads and then t- then two totals. I'm kind of like, like, during Super Bowl week, we could probably do more props and add yeah. more in things. In you know what we should do for the Super Bowl to give to. you a chance to win? Nah. We should do a 12-pack for the Super Bowl. Ooh. <laughs> we're just changing rules along the way. Okay, fine. Well, I guess yeah, that's but we're fine. only doing four picks now. We're not yeah. doing six. Yeah. We should be doing six. Well, there's only four games. I'm making the executive decision that we're doing a 12-pack for the Super Bowl. Okay. Works so what about next- and you can bet on anything, though. Props, national anthem, coin flip. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> what about next week with the two games? We'll do six. We'll do six. We'll find the two games and then four props. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Sure. But you sure. got to find the props. Yeah, I'll find the props. And we'll go, yeah, whatever Sports Select has if they have them. Or we'll go totals. Yes. We'll okay. figure it out. All right. All right. That's now, what a Sports Set 960 team meeting looks like. Yeah. On air. We do have a whiteboard now in the studio. Yeah, except I can't write it. They, they, they took off my garbage thing. They did take off your garbage oh, note. <laughs> All right. There's one thing that makes it bad. All right, Maddie. Mad is garbage. Uh, enough with the preamble. Speaking of garbage. Chiefs minus nine. Total 42, uh, 52 and a half. Which way are you going? I'm going under on this one. Uh, I do like the spread in Jacksonville's favor because any time that you get a a point spread this big in the postseason, I am intrigued. But 52 is a lot of points. I know the Chiefs have a great offense, and that shouldn't be a problem. But I think they're giving a lot of credit to the Jags offense, so I'm going to take the under. I don't know if they're going to be far off it. I don't think this is going to be like I grind them out like 6-12 to game, but I think 52.5 is pretty high. I'm going to go the under. All right. Patty Dumont, what do you like? Uh, You know what? Uh, The Jaguars were there, what, about a month ago. They did not look good against Kansas City. I think think this will be a little bit closer tilt. I think Jacksonville can keep it close for sure. I can cover that 9. I'm going to give you the Jags plus 9. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in for that too. I think the Jags could maybe keep this close. Maybe the back door will be wide open. I think I would lean uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars getting the nine points. Uh, Inter Noah. Where, where's Inter Noah? Is he around? Um, I'm on uh, Patrick's mic. Yeah. Okay. No, well, I don't really need you on the mic. I just need to see your finger, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. <laughs> here, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, He's just, just walk. Yeah, just you can come over here in the studio. <laughs> this wall is just yeah, in the way, we're, man. We're giving and... you airtime for the Australian Open update. I just need a gone. thumbs up or a thumbs down. Jags plus nine points. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Just go with your first instinct. Thumbs down. Okay. I'm taking the Chiefs minus nine. Chiefs minus nine. All right. Next game. Uh, Giants at the Eagles. Philadelphia, seven and a half point favorites. Total 48 and a half, Matty. This one, I want to take the over. I think that Jalen Hurts is going to run all over the place. The Giants have shown that they can stick in these tough games. Like Daniel Jones is a little bit more... uh, He's got that that fight in him. That he's got, moxie. He got that dog in him. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, uh, I I'm going to take the over here. Forty eight and a half is uh, a number that I'm happy with. All right, Patty Dumont. 
I got a little 07 Giants vibes with this team. Really? It just Whoa. feels... It's no got like, way. You know, well, Daniel Jones isn't the most I, you know flashy. Can, can I just Coughlin? say something before you stop? I still can't believe the Giants beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I still haven't gotten over that. Well, what like, they needed to they get lose? that far... It took the double miracle it took of David Tyree catch. to pin the ball to his helmet and Eli Manning to escape a sack, which maybe the ref should have blown down <laughs> Mike anyway because he was in the grass. Mike Carey said, I thought about that the entire time. Should I blow this? Should I blow it? And I let it go. And yeah. Damn right he let it like, go. To this day, <laughs> I can't believe the Patriots blew the perfect season and lost to the to the Giants. The Giants. Yeah. All right, Eli sorry, Manning they, they did, and the they, Giants. They had that vibe with me. I'm gonna go the I'm gonna say uh Randy Moss and the Patriots. Okay. Like it's gonna be I'm gonna go the under in this one. I think the Giants can keep it close. It's gonna be a tight defensive defensive style game. I think Philadelphia needs to get better defensively if they wanna get back to if they wanna get to Arizona for sure for the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm getting I'm having some doubts about Jalen Hurts' um shoulder. Mm? He's got a bounty okay. on me every week, he says. And Brian Dayball's a guy that puts a great game plan together. I like that Daniel Jones was using his legs a lot last week. I think the Giants can keep this within the seven and a half points, but that's not ultimately my decision. Inter Noah, who knows absolutely nothing about the NFL, and that's not a slight on him. He literally admitted it yesterday on our show. Noah, Giants plus seven and a half, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Okay, I'm taking right. the G-men. Taking the points. Plus seven and a half. We're doing Alrighty, our big bets. Right. Brought to you by Sports Select here on the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. The game that Maddie is going to bite his nails about. He's getting a little nervous. He's he's waving his Sam Hubbard, Duke. you beautiful man. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals on the road in the below to play the Bills. Buffalo minus five and a half point favorites. The total 48 and a half. Oh, you're giving the Bengals points? Come on. Who day? Bengals plus five and a half. Best okay. case to spread all year. Uh, I'm going to go over in this one. I think it's going to be some fireworks. Going to be some points in this one. Even the points, Bills, Bengals are going to score. I just, I kind of don't want the neutral site game. So feels like a bowl game. Doesn't feels it? like a bowl game, and it's yeah. like to pick an NFC stadium of all things too. Yeah, so. play outside, <laughs> play outside. Bills and Chiefs are teams. They love to be outdoors. Yeah, I hate it. I don't. So I want the Bengals to ruin any chance word. at a neutral site game. But yeah. I'm going to take the over in this one. Okay, I, uh, I, I'm with you here. I think there'll be a ton of points scored in this game. The Bills' defense has not looked impressive lately. No. When, when Skylar Thompson go out there and put up so many points, and maybe the Dolphins could have even won that game, and Josh Allen's propensity to throw some some just ill-timed interceptions, I like over 40 and a half, but that's not my ultimate decision. Inter Noah, over or under? Over, thumbs up, under, thumbs down. Oh, it's going over. Wow. Going over. All okay. Right. All right. I'm taking the over. And now in final game, uh, what a sexy matchup. Mm. Two rivals forever and ever and ever. The Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers? Uh, Niners minus four-point favorites. The total, 45 and a half. George, you've been talking about the Niners defense maybe being a little disappointing, perhaps limping in, a little speed wobble at the end of the season. Yeah, they haven't been as impressive. But I feel like when you're going up against some of the studs on that Dallas defense, that is the type of thing that kind of wakes you up and says, all right, we have to be at our absolute best to beat the Cowboys in this game. I'm going to take the under. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a grinded out type hmm. of game. Cowboys 49ers under 45 and a half. Patty DeMond, what do you like? I, I I like the Cowboys to cover the four here. I think this is going to be the toughest te- game team that Brock Purdy has had to face, defensively wise for sure. Micah Parsons. And then I like what Dak brought last week with CeeDee Lamb and everything. That can This can work for Dallas. It's just getting over the fact that 
Dallas hasn't gotten out of this round since 1995. Right. That's the problem. So keep it close. Dallas covers the four. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go against uh, Matt Rose. I think uh, I think there'll be some points scored in this game. I think Dak looked really good in that win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I like the over 45 and a half here. I think there'll be a lot of points. I think that number is a little light. Uh, thumbs up in turn Noah for the over. Thumbs down for the under. Which way are you going? Give me your gut feeling. Oh, he's going over. Okay. Over. There you go. There's our big bets brought to you by Sports Like Patty. Don't go anywhere because yeah. the best segment in Canadian radio no. is straight ahead. NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. <laughs> sports Select has more sports leagues and for limited time, better odds on over, under, and point spread. Build your ticket at sportselect.com. Straight ahead, Brody on the beat. Uh, we got a ski report for you. And I want to open up the text line real quick. Did you forget about that? Is that why you have your eyes wide open? No. Okay, good. Um, just do it on the fly while I stall time, make time for you. And um, real quick too, uh, text line nine sixty nine sixty. Last night behind the Flames bench, don't you don't know if you noticed this, this Patrick Dumas? This guy. Uh, and I pointed it up to Maddie because I saw it on Twitter. And then it was hard to focus yeah. on the game. <laughs> Some dude right behind the Flames bench was wearing ski goggles and a toque. And he was hammering beers, <laughs> crushing these like things. he was like, drinking beers like it was his job. Like he was coming out of the desert after two weeks and seen water for yeah. the first time. He was like stone cold after he gives Vince McMahon <laughs> a stunner, <laughs> and he's on the top rope getting the two beers and crushing them like it's his job. Um, what's the weirdest thing you or someone you've been with has worn to a sporting event? 960, 960, name and location. The weirdest thing either yourself or somebody you've been with has worn to a sporting event. 960, 960, name and location. The guy with the ski go I don't know. Maybe it was a medical condition that the bright lights there. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. I, that, I don't think that so. That could be it. I don't. Or the guy was just getting His eyes were a little it. hazy, a little bloodshot. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think he was just, hey, I'm just yeah, my vibe, tonight. man. Yeah. If there's one thing I'm going to do, it's protect my eyes. Yeah. 960, 960, name and location. The weirdest thing you or someone you've been with has worn to a sporting event. All right. It's time. It's it's the highlight of our show. Like once a week, this segment comes on, and we only strive to be as good as the best segment in Canadian radio week in, week out. What else can you strive for? Uh, Alex Brody, our technical director, went out to the streets of Calgary. Uh, he loves doing Brody on the beat. He's becoming really famous in this city for this segment. Mm-hmm. Like there, did you get recognized yesterday? No, Ooh. I didn't. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm at the Flames game, you know. I'll someone will recognize me, right? Nope. Nobody. Oh, look at you. Oh, so that's how you got in the head in the room this built this morning. Your your head was able to fit through the door. <laughs> uh, you also had some help yesterday. Intern Noah helped you out with Brody on the beat. Yeah, Noah was out there. We got it on video, so it'll be out on Sportsnet 960's Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Okay, not um, the Twitter account, and we got a poll question. We'll do that in the eight o'clock hour too. <laughs> But uh, what did you ask? Uh, what did you ask the the good people of Calgary this week? Well, so obviously last show we talked about the the stats in front of Ladar versus Markstrom. So we asked the people of Calgary, why do the Flames play so much better in mm. front of Ladar? So. All right, let's hear it. Why do you think the Flames play so well in front of Dan Vladar and maybe not so great in front of Jacob Markstrom? I think uh, Markstrom is a little bit of a better goalie than Vladar, and I think the Flames know that, and that's why they have to show up and uh, protect Vladar. 
All right. It's probably just a confidence confidence thing right now. I'm sure Markstrom will, will pull it up with the boys, but yeah, Blood Art's kind of been clutch. Mm, okay. All right. I Fair. think because they don't trust him since the playoffs. Oh, oh that's not very nice. Just you... feeling good about it. I don't know. Keep it going. <laughs> I think anything has make anything has to do with like confidence or maybe the mental game. It's all mental. Whoever's playing well, play them. Sure. That's well. Uh, Markstrom's a better goalie. Vladar uh, needs some work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the same thing. I think Vladar's kind of earned confidence with the team. Um, I think it's a bit lost with Markstrom, so they're having to cover him a bit more. So, do you know who's playing tonight? Markstrom. Markstrom. Markstrom in net. Yeah. Well, let's hope he uh, he does well. Hmm. Yeah, I think less, a little less uh, quantitative than that. I think the guys are just with him on the bench all game, so they see him, they have that good relationship with him. Maybe they can communicate with him a little bit better on the ice. And uh, I don't know, hoping hoping for the best from Marky tonight, though. Yeah, I like that one. I think it's more to uh, the ability of Ladar. I think he plays better. Uh, Got to remember that a, a goalie that just plays on and off has more ambition to be number one. Once you're number one, it's really tough to hold that position? I don't know. I think Markstrom's just in a rut, and he'll get out of it, but Vladar right now is is winning, so yeah. Well, I think right now, I think he's better. Markstrom is uh, not really playing not good, not playing not well, and they're not playing really good in front of them. I like that. There it is. Came uh, in from the ranch for that uh, last game. That, that's, Love that. Good job, Alex. But uh, I mean, Vladar doesn't have a regulation loss in his last ten games. Um, let Let me give you guys a little peek behind the curtain, our listeners. Uh, we have a little text group between the uh, the four of us about the show. Alex, what did you forget to do again this week? I did not ask follow up questions. Right, but you also forgot something in the middle of it. The reset. Oh uh, damn it! Sorry, George. Again. You know I. Again. <laughs> We had this issue last week where I go, hey, can you do the re-ask in the middle of the Brody on the beat? So, like, the re-ask, okay, the question is, like, 10 seconds, right? Like, that's a valuable 10 seconds in this <laughs> right, two minutes. But, like, but I had to you cut also, out so much. But you also need the re-ask in the middle to re-establish what we're doing. Okay. Okay. I'll do it next time. I promise. I promise. I've, I've heard this before. <laughs> it's a long day yesterday, okay, Joe? Oh, here we go. <laughs> The excuse train. Let's all jump on oh it right now. God. But good job, Noah. Great job with him being his uh, his 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 video guy, did his you, videographer. Did you have a favorite one in there? Like mine was. No, well, mine was that they sit on the bench. They with sit them. on yeah, the bench like, with him. I really. That's gotta one. be it. That's gotta be it. <laughs> so we're, so they communicate close with to him. He, he opens the door. He puts the water bottles on the bench during the TV. Hey Dan, what are we? He, he daps we, them up when they come in yeah. after a good shift. Dan, what are we get for dinner after the game? I can't ask Jacob. He's out playing. He's, yeah, so far away. <laughs> He's yeah. so far. Hey yeah. Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm sure Daryl loves when they talk about after game plans on the bench too. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah, uh, sure. great job, uh, Alex. It, looking what, forward to next week. Would it be the same between the forwards and the defensemen though? Because the forwards are on the other side of the bench. Yeah, yeah. But more defensemen. Yeah, okay. They're they're playing more. You know, Michael Stone has more. a great conversation with Dan Vladar all the right. time. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> they they really talk about life. They really get yeah. into it deep on the bench there. <laughs> yeah. Was that really interference last night? That's what they probably talked about last night. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, before we get to Ryan Leslie and some of the text messages, some of these are awesome already. 
Um, what's the weirdest thing uh, you've worn to a sporting event or somebody you win with, uh, been with at a sporting event? What's the weirdest thing? 960, 960 name and location. What do you got for the ski report for us? The snow show. It's brought to you. Whoa. It's, it's whoa. Great. <laughs> Rock. It's brought to you by Ski West. With Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff, Ski West has you covered. To make this an epic season, visit their Kensington or airport location today or head to Ski West. .ca, the latest on some Alberta mountains. As you know, we have not seen a lot of snow over the course of the week. Only Marmot Basin has seen snowfall in the last 24 hours. They got about a half inch of snow, but they do have all of their lifts open and all of their runs open. It's also the best basin run video contest running until the end of January, so you can take some videos and win some sweet prizes. Over at Castle Mountain, uh, they got 93 of 94 trails open in five of their six lifts, and it's always a party at Castle on the weekends. Dean Ray is playing live music in the T-Bar Pub Friday night. They got avalanche skills training all weekend long and an open mic night in the T-Bar Saturday. There's also a environmental scavenger hunt Sunday and musical bingo Sunday night. That'll go at the T-Bar. Over at Lake Louise, 28 to 30 inch, 34 inches of packed powder at the base. They got 63% of their trails open, but all of their lifts are currently open. It's for the Graham Rail Jam days as well. That'll go until January 23rd. Take some videos of you shredding up the park and uh, send it in and you can win some sick gear. At Mount Norquay, all of their trails are open. All of their lifts are open. They got a 52-inch base going right now. And it's Stay and Après cocktail and spirit tasting with Park Distillery tomorrow night uh, after you're done your run. So love seeing that over at Mount Norquay. Nikiska's got a 29-inch base. 72% of their trails are open. And they got four of six lifts currently open. Uh, it's also ski level instructor days over at Nikiska. And finally, Sunshine, 42 inches of powder, 79% of their trails are open, all of their lifts. And there's a winemaker's dinner featuring Antonori Winery. That'll go Saturday night, so grab some tickets for that as well if you're heading up to Sunshine on the weekend. Uh, it's a snow show. It's brought to you by Ski West. With Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff, Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or Airport location today or head to skiwest.ca. Uh, great job, Maddie. What was uh, with the, the bed was going in and out yeah, during I, that whole time? I think it ended. I think <laughs> it's got like a peak wow. on it. Yeah, it fades out and then it like, fades up again. Yeah, so I, I think it ended and then it got replayed. Yeah, all right. It started. Uh, again, lots right. to come. Your text messages. Me um, Ross Tucker. Um, Ryan Leslie straight ahead on the flame is the big show. Russ Kinro, Sportsnet 960, the fan.